Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Live. My followers are going to come r- rushing. Uh, no one here at the moment. Of course, there are. Jackie's here. Of course, what's saying? Hey, Jackie. Nice to see you. Here, yeah. uh, Bridget's here. Bridget sixty. Congrats. Um, so, whew, um, we've got some questions to be answered. Um, Corinne and J.K. Vicks. So, good evening, all. Uh, one and all, welcome. Doors are open. Um, quick, get in before the rush, because uh, you and I both know um, it's going to get pretty busy in here. I think <laughs> I think we um, Facebook's still wide open, but that's okay. Um, right. So what we got? I'll tell you what we got. We got some questions, which I will now answer. And if you've got a question, by all means, chip in. Don't be shy. Here we go. This one. Ten stone weight loss is the title. So, um, a up me duck. Happy Tuesday. Right. <laughs> happy Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? God, I've lost track. And happy Tuesday to you, me duck. Um, require skin removal in the stomach area and over the hips. Stomach area over the hips. But also have excess skin at the top of the tummy. However, FDL diagnosis is borderline. Is FDL best done at the same time as the 360 belt lipectomy? Is it possible to get a good result if you have an FDL in a second surgery? Good God. Right. Um, Okay. So, all right. A little bit to unpick here. Um, So, first, first of all, massive weight loss, 10 stone weight loss, huge. I don't think anyone would argue with the enormity of that weight loss. That is a huge amount of weight to lose. So massive congrats to you. And um, I am sure you are going to get a great result from your body contouring procedure, whatever you choose to have. And I think everyone's different for this. I mean, people, someone was talking to me the other day about a a circumferential with an FDL. Um, And I think we've all just developed, I think that's one of the problems with plastic surgery, but also niche operations in plastic surgery and massive weight loss uh operations in the uk anyway i would say is still would be still considered a niche um area and i think probably we're all we're all developing our own um views on it i don't think there's any answer to it so personally i wouldn't do a 360 with an fdl so i wouldn't do a 360 which is a circumferential tummy tuck with a um, a vertical ellipse. I think there's just too much hanging about in the wind there, and um, blood supply of that uh, that T junction, um, and it's just it's just not something I would do. I think an FDL is good for narrowing the waist as a standalone procedure in the tummy tuck arena, um, but I think a 360 will will address those um, those that, that excess skin in the hip area better than an FDL. So I think an FDL will tighten the skin uh, in the sides and will put pull it together and, and make the waist better. But I think an, a, a 360 will address that uh, more effectively by actually excising the skin 
over the um, over the hips. So in my so I wouldn't do an FTR and a 360. I would say if you've got excess skin around the hips, the uh, 360 will address that. Um, so personally, I wouldn't do that. Uh, also, you're saying at the top of the tummy. So again, um, 360 will, to a degree, address skin at the top of the tummy. Really, this is something, it's a, it's a diff, slightly difficult one, and one probably would need a consultation to be seen in real life because it depends on how much skin you've got in the, in the upper abdomen. Whenever you have a problem with excess skin in your abdomen, it is always worse in the lower abdomen than the upper abdomen. It is always worse below the belly button than, than above the belly button. So the, all the tummy tuck procedures are addressing the lower abdomen and, and to a greater or lesser degree are taking that um, tissue out of the lower abdomen. But sometimes people do worry about the upper abdomen. Is that going to be addressed? So it's only addressed, addressed indirectly. The pull is indirect with the tummy tuck, um, and it's not addressed directly. And for me, and again, it's sort of my um, my my view on this. An FDL doesn't particularly address the upper abdomen very well. So an FDL is not going to do the upper abdomen uh, a great uh, a great service um, because the amount you take it's more for the size. The FDL it's more for narrowing the waist. So if you are going to do anything to the upper abdomen. Um, the majority of people don't need it. Pretty much everybody. I think I can say everybody. I might might be wrong here, but most people um, have more of a problem with the lower than the upper abdomen. So you would do a lower. You would do a sort of standard abdominoplasty first. But if you if you did have kind of rolls of skin underneath your breast, if you've had a significant amount of weight loss, that might be the case. You might have a significant amount of skin in your upper abdomen. Then that could be addressed with a reverse abdominoplasty as a second stage. So I wouldn't do an FDL as a second stage. Um, I think that's unlikely to be needed. I mean, you could have it, but it's unlikely uh, to be required. But I would um, think about doing a, um, a reverse abdominoplasty if you have significant excess in the upper abdomen, and that will take that excess off the upper abdomen. So that's something that you could think about. But as I say, usually you would address the lower abdomen first in terms of your, whether it be an FDL or a circumferential. And it would be either a circumferential or FDL in my hands. I wouldn't do a circumferential with an FDL. I don't know if anyone does that. Presumably they do because this person is asking about it. So I'm guessing they've seen someone who's suggested that. I don't know. But um, I've never done it. On full disclosure, I've never done a 360 and an FDL. I've never seen the need for it. And... Um, I don't think I would do it. Never say never, but uh, I think I would do one or the other personally. It's hard enough doing a 360, but doing a 360 with an FDL, crikey, that would be well, even harder. So, uh, yeah, that's where I am on that. What? Do we offer, do we offer fat pad removal? Food pad, what? FUPA liposuction, F-U-P-A liposuction. Oh, I, I should have gone through these questions, I, honestly. Um, I haven't gone through these questions. I don't know what is F-U-P-A liposuction. Do we offer fat pad? Right, well, this sounds facial. Fat pad removal is usually facial, um, and we don't do facial plastic surgery. We do uh, breast and body, so that would be a no. I'm assuming it's a facial fat pad. And um, is that Mons? I don't think 
Is that a joke, Corinne? I don't think. Does it? Is it Mons? I don't know. You joke, maybe she's not joking. I mean, who, who's who's asked for the fuck? Who's that's Mons lipo? I think is it? Okay. Oh, F U P A. Is it? Oh God. Listen, I'm. It's just we're just lucky. Everyone hasn't arrived yet to see you telling me what what is F U P A Mons Fupa. Do I need to Google it? Oh, anyway, is it? Okay. I'll take your word for it. Is that what FUPA liposuction is? I think so too. What's what is anyway, never heard of it. Never heard of FUPA liposuction. Um, but do we do liposuction to the mons? Yes, we do. Um oh Shaheel's here. Have you ever heard of FUPA liposuction? Anyway, um <laughs> uh, I gotta be honest with you, that's not a medical term, all right? I'm sure the medical fraternity um, would back me up on this f-u-p-a liposuction never heard of it anyway yes we i would do liposuction to the mons and fat pad you wouldn't normally call the mons a fat pad fat pad in my world would be more of a facial thing but anyway if it is a mons yes um so liposuction and um to a degree, fat pad remover, you can take kind of like a slice of cake out of the mons. But you can't do too much in terms of undermining in the mons um, um, because it will be it will lift it, the the scar can lift up and give you a, a scar that's visible above your underpants. So you can't go too much undermining. Um, I wish I'd looked at these folk these questions before I came on live. Um, this is a problem with live TV, isn't it? Um, anyway, there you go. Um, that's awkward. So yes, yes, we do do FUPA liposuction, uh, fully certified FUPA liposucker right here. Uh, done all the FUPA courses. And so uh, if you want FUPA, then I'm your guy. Um, just not sure what it stands for. But yeah, we do liposuction to the Mons area. Right, Fairy Dust, I'm glad you just arrived here. You uh, saved me from the awkwardness of that my followers telling me what the question meant right let's go let's move on to another question shall we <laughs> i think we've done the mons one um what are the pros and cons of having combined surgery here we go i'm on i'm on solid ground now back onto solid ground pros and cons of having combined surgery breath breast lift with implants and a tummy tuck pros all in one operation one lot of sick leave one lot of healing if um you do get a problem or whatever then it's sort of like uh, it's all healing together so Usually, when you do a breast surgery and a tummy surgery, usually the tummy is the kind of overriding one, um, and the breast sort of heals while you know in the background. So, um, uh, there's an economy of cost uh, because it's because you only have one operating the slot in theatre and you only have a one hospital stay so it's cheaper to do it that way you get it all done in one go so those are the prom pros the cons are it's quite a big deal it's a big operation it knocks you back you're kind of doubling your risk of complications because you've got risks of complications with your breast and in your tummy so if you get a comp you know a bit of wound healing problem here a bit of swelling there it can be a bit distressing if it's you think oh my god it's all going wrong it's all you know so that can be quite a lot to psychologically and physically uh, attend to um it's um cons other cons uh two two oh, oh god am i on pros or cons i'm on cons aren't i so two operations they need to be at least three probably six months apart so you're looking look you know a good year or 
or 18 months to get it to get over everything um so that's a con i guess i guess the cons are the same as the pros but uh you know not that so yeah i guess you can just do the pros can't you and just say the cons are are not that so it's a very personal decision there's no answers to it people kind of often look for the answer but there isn't an answer it's just what suits you and what's right for you and if you if one thing's an overriding thing just have that thing um but if you want them both done and you want one time off work and, and etc then you know a lot of people do do have it done um as a wanna um do we offer alar plasty now don't you lot tell me what an alar plastery is now because i know what it <laughs> stop it if you don't start going on about monsters and stuff alar plasty i'm assuming that means your alar of your nose um no that that would be um that would be someone who does rhinoplasty would be doing alar plasties and that is a rhinoplasty kind of guy which uh i'm not really not really into the uh rhinoplasty rhinoplasty is a is a um difficult basically and you need someone who specializes in it um i wouldn't have a dabbler um there's a, there's quite a lot of dabblers out there and i, I think rhinoplasty is a dangerous dabbling one per, for personally i think you need someone who's who focuses on it can i bring my toddler to my consultation for breast implants um by the way if you're watching this um amy if you have an answer that you want me to give just put it in the private note can you so a question like this, where you probably know the answer better than me, if you just put it in the private note, because people can't see the private note, then I can answer it effectively, rather than me having to think of an answer where I might get this wrong. Um, can I bring my toddler to my consultation for breast implants? Well, people do, don't they? So I guess the answer is yes, because people do, because they have to, because they're often, you know, childcare and what have you. So yes, you can. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's it's kind of it, can, it. I mean, I guess you would probably be more um, focused if not, and there's something to be said for not, because you would be have more attention, and you worry about your toddler toddling around. But um, you know, we're not going to say no. So I, I guess you know that you would probably be more focused without your toddler. But if you have to bring your toddler, by all means, bring your toddler. And if you're not very focused, if you're a bit distracted, then you can always come back and go over it. We'll go over it again. So, um, you know, it's better than, I guess, a toddler consultation is better than no consultation, isn't it? So, yeah, go for it. Bring your toddler. Bring them along. We've actually thought, God, this is this is awkward when you think about this because it's going back years. I'm going to say, well, one of the I started opening the clinic, we thought having like stuff for toddlers, you know, like little, oh, God little bit bricks and things like that and now look at us 10 years later we haven't, haven't done it like a box you know it's because we don't get them very often that's probably why but but yeah in any answer to questions yes by all means bring your toddler when having breast augmentation will it make a difference in size if it's over or under the muscle did i do a sure i did did i i feel like i've done something about this i feel like i've answered this Maybe it was just maybe it was just one one on one. Anyway, so I'll do it to the I'll do it for the for the greater good. So 
Um, so this is for everyone here now. If you're having a breast augmentation, will it make a difference in size if it's over or under the muscle? People say, I mean, the reason you're asking the question means some, you've heard somewhere that it does. So you know that people say that it does. People say that if you're having it under the muscle, it kind of squashes the implant a bit, maybe. Um, so like, should I have a bigger algorithm time? Absolutely. Should I have a bigger implant um, if it's under the muscle? Uh, for me, I don't, I think it's such an imprecise science, particularly in, in, uh, view of the volume of the implant it is such an imprecise science i wouldn't make that a factor in deciding on what size implant to have if you're having them under the muscle i wouldn't then upsize your implant now when you get into it when you get down to it i've tried to i tried to sort of um kind of kind of demystify the whole implant thing by having my First of all, my trident approach, which is what we do when you're in the clinic. Then I've got my 10-step approach, which is the whole process for the, maybe I shouldn't call them both approaches. So my trident approach and my 10-step process, yeah. That's, let's, um, so the trident approach basically says how you um, choose an implant and what it, what, what and, and it's how I, how I choose an implant kind of with, with you. And what I do is I, number one, measure the width Number one, the width of your chest, not, you know, the width of your chest, the width of your body. So I measure your frame number one. Number two, we look at your breast shape and we look at the shape and the profile of implant that you want. So implants come in round and teardrop and they come in low, moderate, high and extra high profile. So those are the shapes and the profiles available. And we have to add the shape and profile to your breast. So it's very hard to say this kind of shape gives, uh, you know, some people say teardrops fake. Uh, sorry, teardrops, natural rounds, fake. It's not as simple as that. It depends on the profile and it depends on the shape of your breast that you currently have. So we have to take that into account to get an idea of shape profile. Once you've got an idea of shape and profile, the width is set. The volume is then is then kind of decided for you. So the volume is the last part of the Trident approach. It's the third step. And um, so it's not actually as important as I think some people think it is so that that so questions like this will it you know should you have a go a bigger volume if, if you're having it under the muscle well no because that doesn't that's not in my algorithm because a bigger volume will either be wider or, or a higher profile it, it'll be a different shape so um so no i guess is the answer to that no i don't well will it make a difference i don't know if it makes a difference i don't i think if it does it's not going to be significant difference um should you change your choice? No, you shouldn't. I think you should choose the same volume that you would have chosen anyway. And as I say, I go more on the width, the shape and the profile, which then leads itself to a certain volume anyway. So I'm more about the measurements rather than the actual um, volume of the implant. Although when people come for implants, all they talk about is the volume, but it's actually not as important as I think people think it is. Mm -hmm. that, that, uh, that one. Sign that one, clear that one off. Do we treat separate keratosis? Yes, of course we do. Yeah, separate keratosis is very common, um, uh, usually kind of brown, often kind of scaly and stuck on appearance, sometimes uh, kind of dry areas of skin um, that can be um, annoying, 
can be unsightly and um yeah absolutely we treat them we cut them out we shave them uh we will for sure treat a seborrheic keratosis um absolutely see and treat clinic on the day service you see heard it here call now 0800 uh, 01214543680 to uh, book a consultation do we can we remove a cyst located on the external vaginal wall? Blimey. External vaginal wall. Crikey O'Reilly. I'm trying to picture it. Are we talking labia? I think that's kind of labia, isn't it? External vaginal wall. <clears throat> that I mean probably not probably that would be gynecologist um uh I, I put it like this i'm sure a gynecologist would put it like this um because there's there's cysts in that area bartholin cysts and cysts in those areas which are specific for the for that for the for the genitalia and so prob i would say a gynecologist would probably be a safer option we would try to we would sort of deal more with skin cysts so if it's so I think I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that's going to be a gynecologist um, rather than a plastic surgeon. I mean, yeah. I mean, we always have a look at things. If you want us to have a look at it, you can send us a photo and stuff like that if you want an opinion. But in, I think it's probably going to be a gynecologist, that one. Um, is my, is my thought on that, on that. Come on, has anyone got any live questions? Have I missed anything? Come on. Oh, I missed something. Oh. That's more like, oh, yeah, Mons Lipo. That was a Mons, Mons Lipo humiliation early on. I didn't certainly didn't miss that. Right, okay. Right, I'm going to go and Google, what was it? Fupa liposuction. And um, I will be back next week, same time, same place, next Tuesday it's not is it Easter yet I don't think it's Easter is it anyway if it's not Easter which I'm pretty sure it's not yeah I'm pretty sure it's not I'll be back next Tuesday if you've got a question call me and put it put it in the chat I don't know why I'm doing that is a chat below here or wherever the chat is message me what's happened hold on oh my god what's oh I missed questions What's your favourite surgery to, to do? You personally, not results slash persons related. Um, well, um, I don't know, you know. I don't know. Um, one of the reasons I kind of just do breast and body is because I like doing breast and body. I found things like facelifts and blepharoplasties and brow lifts and you know it's quite they're quite i didn't find them quite as rewarding so um you know this um last couple of days i've done some breast reductions which were great i love doing breast reductions uh but then i've also done some breast augmentations which are great also because um you know they're kind of a lot sort of more direct i guess um and I love doing tummy tucks. Tummy tucks is a great thing to do. You know, it's very satisfying doing a tummy tuck. 
what's my favorite surgery right if i'd say one maybe i would say see half me going breast implant breast augmentation no tummy tuck i'll go tummy tuck tummy tuck it's my final answer but um yeah but i like them all but tummy tummy tuck's my final answer but i do i do like breast lifts reductions implants so what time frame would you recommend oh god what time would you recommend for oh sorry heather amanda i keep on almost blocking you for revision surgery oh my god corin what you're asking that sort of question ah for your scars yeah okay um in general terms you wouldn't even think about revision surgery for three months ideally you're kind of looking at six months really um well i say ideally six to twelve months it kind of depends on what the revision is. Um, if it's something that might get better, things like dog ears and things like that, the longer you leave it, the better, because they might get better. If it's something that barned or way off and you think, oh, God, that's not going to get better, then you kind of want to do it sooner in order to get a happy patient quicker. But at the same time, you don't want to do it too soon because it's, very, it's quite hard to do revision surgery in the first few months because everything's quite hard. The scar tissue is quite hard, quite unforgiving. And it's, it's not very nice to operate on it. So it's not very nice operating in the first few months. So you kind of wouldn't even entertain the thought in the first three months simply because it's it's scar tissue is very hard. And also this, the um, it's quite swollen, the tissues are unforgiving, and also the results not um, fully settled yet. So um, three to six months, if it was bad, um, depending on how, if it wasn't bad, six to 12 months, I think 12 months is kind of normal when things are sort of, not 100% settled, but pretty much settled. If there's something still there at 12 months, you'd be like, yeah, okay. Um, maybe six months, you'd say the same sort of thing. If there's something there at six months, you think, okay, yeah, it's, you know, whatever, too big, too small, too dented, too this, too that. Um, so so six, six months is kind of your, your happy medium type, type place. But you try and do it with the patient, work with the patient, because the longer you leave, it's a lot easier if you leave it longer because it's tissues soften and, and it's amazing how much settles as well i think people often don't realize how much it's going to settle you know i've got photos where it's kind of still scars are still quite red quite active at eight months 16 months they're you know completely faded so if you say to someone at eight months it's still going to settle they'll be like oh yeah really so um so yeah just try and work with the patient with that one corin but um yeah six months half term next week is it half term next week and week after what two week oh heck i don't think it's half term for me is it actually i think it is now you mentioned it there they're breaking up on friday aren't they but i don't think i'm off i don't think i'm off is the recovery for breast implant replacements the same as when you had them in originally um well it depends on basically whether you're having a capsulectomy i think that's the that's the big so I'm guessing from the sense of your question, it was a long time ago you had them in. Uh, I might be wrong, but if it's a long time you had them in, they might have gone hard and you might need that, that and that's called a capsule, and you might need that capsule removed. So that is a slightly bigger operation than putting them in the first place. You usually, or you often need a drain for that operation, which keeps you in overnight. Um, and, you know, it's quite kind of traumatic, that operation. If you're just having them replaced a no capsulectomy, then it's less. The recovery is less. It's easier because the pocket's already been made. So it's either easier or more difficult. 
basically. If you're not having a capsulectomy, it's easier. If you're having a capsulectomy, it might be a little bit more difficult. Um, so it revolves around whether that scar tissue that's formed around the implant needs to be removed. That's great. Thank you. I'm seeing you next month. Anyway, great, Corinne. See you. You know, I'll see you anytime. Looking forward to seeing you next month. Uh, have I missed anything? I don't think I missed anything. So over and out, Roger Wilco. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm here, even if it is half term. I'm pretty sure I'm uh, here. Yeah, next week. Uh, so I will see you all next week. So get your questions in because, you know, that's how you get them answered. Chloe, what are you doing this time of night, love? It's 7.32. This is 7, love. Anyway, you haven't missed anything. Food per life, per suction and stuff like that. So uh, thanks, Jackie. I will, um, I'm checking out. Um, and I've just made some dinner, which has probably gone bad because I had to come and do this halfway through to try and make it. So um, enough of my problems. I'm going to get back to it. Informative live. I've always antiques road trip. Jack, uh, Corin, I've got to sort the dinner out because I'm halfway through it because it was a parents' evening and my wife's out. And so antiques road trip is a dis is a dream at the moment. At the moment, seven thirty up. I might get the eight o'clock one, but yeah, thanks, Corinne. And um, uh, oh, look, Facebook, I'll check out Facebook. Uh, thank you for, for coming, stopping the stream. And Corinne, Jackie, have a question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.